Hey folks, it's Yannick Guzdala. It's the Yannick Guzdala podcast. It is Sunday, February 18th, 2024. I have set myself the goal of exposing, of revealing, of sharing, shall we say, being transparent with all of the basic running costs of what goes into maintaining the several small businesses that sort of make up my my life as a musician. The thing that started out as me being a bass player, just a bass player in air quotes, and what has become, uh, yeah, really several very quite different uh, small businesses. And uh, most of them I'm sure you're well aware of if you follow the channel and you see what I do with YouTube and the books and the music and the bass playing and all that stuff. Uh, but this was sort of inspired by a couple of comments I got on recent YouTube videos and some email correspondence with some customers. And um, I'm not going to blow up their spot uh, or, or shout them out. Um, and it, nothing bad at all. It was just something I was like, oh, I should share this. I should be, I was being really transparent with them. And I was like, oh, why not just be transparent with everyone? It might make for some interesting listening. And I do get questions kind of quite often i would say on a, at least a weekly basis i'll get one or two quite serious inquiries or questions from people who are like hey i see you do the books how do you do that I'm thinking about doing something like that myself or i see you make albums what's the process uh, you build pedal boards what's that process uh, i see you talking about gear how do you get access to that like there are different uh definitely a lot of different lanes to what i do these days um and rather than you know shoot off individual emails to people where only one person gets to hear or see the information i thought it would might maybe potentially make an interesting episode of the podcast having said that let's see how far into it i get my daughter i love her so much but she has once again come home with the dreaded lurgy of some sort and both me and my wife uh well chelsea's getting she's she's got it way worse than any of us and of course now me and chelsea have taken a dive the little one is actually way better and on the mend and, and feeling jumpy and hey let's go do this and that and the other thing but uh yeah bronchitis i think is the name of the game and chelsea has it super bad let's see how long i make it before i just fall off my chair here in a fit of coughing I will I will stop recording before that happens. Don't worry, I won't subject you to that. And let's let's jump into it. Um the initial comment was from someone saying, Hey, we'd love to write a book, but what's up with the shipping, the international shipping costing more than the actual product itself? And I, I thought that was they I, I replied and I gave a long, long answer actually and tried to explain it and uh and, and be as uh, kind as possible, of course. And I didn't take it personally at all. The, the question, I, I actually looked back and I was like, man, that's a really valid question. Then said person was like, oh man, I didn't mean it like that. And they were all apologetic. And I was like, no need to apologize. Uh, it's really good, really healthy to have those kind of discussions publicly so everyone sort of understands what's going on. Because I'm sure that person wasn't alone. Maybe that was the first person to comment on a video and, and, and make their feelings known about their subject. But I think it's a totally valid point. If one of my books, I've got one sitting right here. Hey, by the way, I do have a few of these. This is like, these are becoming the um, the clon centaur of, of, <laughs> of books for me because <coughs> they're always sold out. I don't think they'll ever be worth $4,000, but they're always sold out. But right now, I actually have about a dozen or maybe even 20 of the 20 might be stretching it, especially by the time this podcast goes out. Let's say there are maybe a dozen left of the Pentatonics. For those not watching on YouTube, I'm holding up Bass Player's Guide to Pentatonics. Anyway, um, those are linked in the description below. But the comment was, I think they were in the UK or Europe somewhere. And regardless of where you are in the world, and if, if you want one of these signed copies, I had to place a figure on the shipping. Now, it's brutal. It's brutal from, trust me, it's brutal from both sides. And what I'm going to share with you today is, uh, you, you may leave this podcast thinking, why the fuck is he doing that? Like, why would you take such a hit on, uh, on something like that? But I will explain all. The concept is these books are 25 bucks. They're 25 bucks on Amazon. They're 25 bucks on my website. If you get them digitally, they are 25 bucks if you want a signed copy. Maybe, as I'm saying this, actually, maybe there's more of a case for the signed physical copy to be slightly more expensive because it is a unique thing that comes from me. Maybe 30 would be the price. 
then technically the shipping would be a couple of bucks under the cost of the thing. Either way, it doesn't make it a cheap purchase. So to answer this uh, this this uh, person's question on YouTube, I was I kind of laid it out. I was like, well, here's the thing. The way I have my store set up, it's not through uh, Shopify, it's not through any of those big ones, it's through Squarespace, because as you may well know, I recently shut down my Teachable thing and moved all the Yannick Space Studio stuff to yannickguzdala.com. I really needed to do that because I don't have like 12 employees working for me around the clock, and I needed to be able to administer everything I do in one place. So I moved everything into yannickwizdala.com, which is a website hosted by Squarespace. That, the base cost of that, B-A-S-E, no pun intended, the, the, the base cost of that I think is around $540 a year. Um, so there's one running cost that we can, uh, that we can expose right away. Um, that is, uh, that, and that's pretty basic. Um, I remember the teachable one being, you know, compared to the Squarespace thing being, uh, significantly higher. I want to say it was sixteen or seventeen hundred dollars a year. And when I figured that a it was better to have everything in one place and be able to to administer that stuff at one URL rather than being all over the place, and it would save me sixteen or seventeen hundred bucks a year. It started to be a no brainer. As crazy as as the amount of ongoing work it has been to move that, moving twelve hundred videos and thousands of play alongs and all that stuff, it's been really good. Uh, so that's why everything's over there. So I'm in a way, kind of stuck with the Squarespace e-commerce solution. Now, I could, of course, plug in uh, uh, Shopify to that, but boy, that doesn't come cheap either. So it would be you know, uh, monthly pricing on top of monthly pricing. It would just bring down the margins way more or you know, something I don't want to do, which is just bring up the cost to you, the customer, way more. So I'm always thinking like how how, where can I find the balance? So here with the physical books, the ones that I'm signing, the ones that I'm ordering my author copies from Amazon and you know getting them delivered here, signing them and then shipping them out all over the world. Within the US, it's actually pretty effective. I put a flat rate of $5 and it varies from, of course, depending on how many books people buy at a time. But if you buy this Pentatonix book, for instance, it weighs one pound. That fits into a certain uh, category of media mail here in the US. And it comes in at about $4.30 shipping. Now, why don't I put $4.30 shipping as uh, the flat rate and, and, and not $5? Uh, because there's also packaging. <laughs> these things come in at these uh, bubble mailers come in at about 66 cents a pop, for instance. So there are all these running costs that go into it. And by the way, that's really, we're going to get past the book thing in a second. That's really the theme of today is like, if you have questions about, hey, I want to do something like fucking Gwizdala does with this and that and the other thing, I am really going to share all those numbers with you today. Right now, we're just starting out with the books and the running costs are about 60 cents for the mailers, 66 cents, something like that. Sometimes there are offers, you know, sometimes there are sales and, and, uh, and special offers and, and discounts on Amazon. Great. I can't rely on that. So it's about 66 cents for the mailer, about $4.30 at basically the lowest amount it's ever going to be. And then the more books somebody orders in one go, the heavier the, uh, the, the shipment. So the price goes up and it goes up. I think one pound, two pound, three pound, each one pound bracket with media mail, it goes up a little more. So I think the most some of these I think the most someone's ever ordered was maybe four or five books. Um, and when you're getting iconic lines and practice to performance, and these are thick books. These are like 250, 300 pages thick. They, they are not light. Then we're getting up into some, uh, into some costs. So the way I look at it and the way I try and be fair is I leave it at $5. Hey, if you're ordering more than one book, I'm making out like a bandit. And hopefully I'm offering you some value by not charging you the maybe $7.50 or $9 or whatever the shipping ends up being on a much heavier product. Now, I take the same approach with the international shipping. So it can be as low as on uh, on an international shipment It's in North America to Canada or Mexico. It can be as low as $23 or $24 for really like the if somebody happens to order Bass Player's Warm Up or just Bass Player's Guide to Looping, those happen to be the two thinnest and lightest books. 
So they end up being, you know, you will overpay by a few dollars for shipping because I charge $25 as a flat rate for the international shipping. But when you uh, counterbalance that with what it costs to send something to Australia, hey, Australia, I love you guys. I love your country. I love playing there. Uh, sidebar, I am really working hard on trying to come back to your part of the world. Um, but <laughs> when I send something to, you know, Perth or Sydney or Melbourne or something, we're looking more in the range of $37, $38, $39. So when my international shipping is a flat rate of $25, I have started putting a $2.50 per item in the order just to get me a little closer, um, you know, cut the losses a little bit. I'm still not breaking even on the shipping for the for the really expensive ones. I sent something to the I think the very north of Sweden the other day and it was I think quite a random destination. I think that was why it was so expensive and it was sort of like $42 and that was before I started doing the 250 an item thing. So it was uh, uh $17 more in shipping than I had charged. Now, it does very marginally get offset by the people who pay a couple of dollars less, people who pay a couple of dollars more, and the, the happy medium is kind of in the twenty-five uh, to twenty-seven fifty range. So I'm I'm not losing my shirt on this, but I'm definitely not charging exactly what it costs to send those products out there. Because, like I said to the to the person who commented on the YouTube video, I look at that price and go like, oh man, I don't think I would pay that much for it. So it's it's um as a small business owner as the person who has to decide you know what my profits are and what I think is fair to the customer it's it's maybe the hardest part of my job I think it's probably harder than learning giant steps or playing you know sight reading a show under super high pressure I think that's actually something I worry about and maybe even spend more time long term on thinking about that you know that is does this look ridiculous when you want to buy one book and the price to send it to Belgium, that the, the the cost to the customer is fifty two fifty. Like the book is twenty five, the shipping is twenty seven fifty to Europe. It's fifty two fifty to get this book signed. So that's an it can be a bit of an alarming number uh, to some people. And but but here's the thing. Here's where I think there's something for everyone. If you don't have that kind of money, and if it's not important to you to get it signed, that's what Amazon's there for. And yes. Um, this this whole thought actually bit, bit between the, the the comment on YouTube recently and the whole thought to do this podcast was between that and this uh, something that I said in um, well, I recorded this in September but it came out I think November the Scott Space Lessons the SBL uh, interview I'm going to play you a clip from that right now I'm amazed at people that actually go get the physical book. I'm all into the physical, man, yeah. Me too, I love it. I think it's a different experience. The drag that Jeff Bezos takes 40% off the top. Is it 40%? 40%, 40 big ones, yeah. I mean, I'm glad I don't have to go to the post office or print books or do any of that. Yeah. Still hurts a little bit. But it's a thing. (laughs) Buy digital, buy digital. So I was all about, hey, buy the digital book. I'm glad I don't have to go to the post office and print books and have them shipped to my house and do shipping and all this stuff. I had in the back of my mind, it was basically the last time I'd ever tried to ship a physical product anywhere, which was back in 2019, five years ago when I did these the Union CDs. And it was a disaster. Like uh, the ship station thing that I have set up through the back end of Squarespace, that's just a little uh, shipping provider and stamps.com, all of these little tools that I have set up right now with a, a thermal printer have made that process so in incredibly easy compared to what it used to be and the trip to the post office um, is now never to wait in line which is I think when I you know in this interview I know I was flashing back to 20 years ago doing my first album and going to the post office and waiting in line for what seemed like forever just to be able to mail these things and doing doing all the printing here at home all I do is go to the post office and drop off I wish I bought them down actually I have a bunch ready to go because we've done some sales over the weekend I just have a bunch of these black padded mailers all printed the labels are all good to go the international shipping the uh the customs declarations everything is all done and it doesn't take that much out of my day so i sort of cringe when i see when when i think back to what i said only a few months ago like in september i wasn't even thinking about ever 
doing it myself and doing signed copies and, and doing that sort of personal touch for the fans. So it's amazing. Like even at this late stage, I've written 21 books. We're so many years into the process and only a few months ago did I kind of completely open up a brand new lane of my, my, I don't know, calling it an empire is a little, it seems a little weird, but whatever you want to call it, the, the, just the business. I opened up a whole new lane in what I do and you know, there was a bit of a learning curve. I definitely didn't have the little thermal printer right away or the labels. I was printing them out on pieces of paper, cutting them out with scissors, putting them in little. Yeah, anyone who got a book right in the beginning will have seen those little uh, cutout labels and put in a in a mailing pouch, you know, taped to the front of a of an incredibly expensive padded mailer that was no better than this. It was just more expensive. So there was a bit of a learning curve. Now I've got it down and. And here we are. So there, there's, and of course, the other thing is there is the option to have the digital version of any of my books right away. If you don't want to wait for shipping um, or, or any of that, that, there is that option. And what, the reason I played you the Scott Space Lessons thing, the SBL thing, is because there is that thing of, ouch, yes, Jeff Bezos, Amazon does take 40% of every sale. So when you look at that as a business model, you're like, oh man, so how, what, what's going on there? You know, the book, I'm, I'm selling that book for the same price at Amazon, but I'm say, taking so much less profit. There's maybe, because you also, you still have to pay for the cost of the book, um, the printing of the book. That's what I get sold them for by Amazon. So the price of, actually, I could probably tell you, let's find out. I can look that up right now. That's why I'm sitting in this position in front of the computer at my workstation, I will tell you, and I just ordered, let's see, this is this is great. I'm going to go into my orders on Amazon right now because uh, I just ordered 20 copies of Pentatonics. Let me look at the order, view the order. Oh, I see the price right here. So 20 copies of Bass Player's Guide to Pentatonics. They are $3.87 each to print, but the total cost with shipping and tax to me is $100, but basically $100 for 20 copies. So simple math, they come out at $5 a pop. So cost to me $5, so a little more than if you're buying them through Amazon, I'll only pay the $3.87. But at the end of the day, by the time I get done selling a book on Amazon, Amazon takes 40%. It, it depends, again, on the cost of the printing of the book. They don't all cost $3.87. Iconic Lines is more like $4.80. Bass Player's Warm-Up is like $2.50. So there's a sliding scale. They have to be aware of that. But it averages out at about $11.00. Uh, that I get to take off each $25 sale. So actually way less than 50% at the end of the day, uh, even though Amazon's take is only, only, even though Amazon's take is 40. So when I do them at home, the cost to me, $5 for the, for the book. Um, maybe I, I'm losing a dollar here or so on the, on the shipping. So maybe it's five or $6. I'm selling them for 25 so the take is more like 19 or 20. It's almost double. Um, yeah, of course, there's more work on my end. I have to go to the post office. I have to do all those other things. I sign them, of course. It's more of a personal touch. But those that should give you an idea just of the running cost and of why I do it the way I do it. Um, I, I do believe in Amazon as being a useful tool. Uh, it you know, selling these books at home or from home rather hasn't hurt my Amazon sales. It's actually just sort of brought more, more awareness to the brand of books and sales have actually gone up through Amazon. And I can't argue with that. What I can't offer, what that 40% is for is the customer service. It's for the most part, if you have Amazon Prime, it's free shipping and it's next day. You know, media mail in the US might be fantastic and, and economical and, and only $5 or so for you, the customer, but it still takes four or five days to, to be delivered. So it's just really trying to have as many options or, or actually not as many options, but the three options that I have is trying to make those options work for everyone. So if you're not into the digital thing, you, uh, but you don't have the money for the signed one, there's that option in the middle for Amazon. And it's going to be quick and efficient. Amazon are pretty amazing as a company. They're, there's a reason they're the biggest, you know, retail, online retailer on earth and in history, I would imagine at this point. So those are sort of the running costs of the books explained a little bit, I hope. I uh, hope you're still with me. This isn't boring the pants off you. 
um, I, I as soon as I, I saw that comment and then I remembered this SBO interview, I really I really started to think about it. I was like, oh no, this is this is important stuff. This is not bullshit. This is like everyday. Um, this is an everyday thing for me. It's something I have to think about and develop and strategy and, and, and build strategy around. Um, and it's something I want to share. Something I should share as well. Um, now the other, all the other uh, tentacles, shall we say, that I have out there that are related to music and to my career and what I do on a daily basis. I'm, I'm sitting here looking at door lock, lock um, because another running cost, although I have deals with certain companies for instruments, for strings, for for amps, for all kinds of stuff. There are certain running costs. I'm super fortunate. Well, I mean, I'm, yes, I am actually, I'm really, really fortunate. The people, the quality of people that I get to work with at these companies is is amazing. That's that's the fortunate part. They've come about through hard work. So let's. it, it, was, it was never just, oh, I got lucky. So I, I don't want to say I'm fortunate in that sense. I'm really fortunate that the people I work with are amazing people. Um, but the reason I'm working with them is through uh, three decades of hard work, basically. I definitely don't want to beat around the bush with that. But there are a ton of things in my life that don't just fall through the front door or arrive in the mail out of thin air like re real running costs of stuff like dual lock i don't have a deal with 3m every time i want to build a pedal board or, or with megami cable or with the you know with the with the quarter inch uh um what do you call them quarter inch plugs and no you don't call them plugs do you what the fuck my brain is fried so fried you know what i mean when i'm building my own cables to make pedal boards all of that stuff is absolutely a running cost so whenever you see an episode of the pedal studio you see a bunch of stuff plugged in or you see a pedal board build there's more often than not a lot that has gone into that um that was absolutely not for free and that's a running cost of that sort of lane of my life now that is multi-pronged as well that of course provides me content and material to make um, you know, fun videos, like I say, making cool sounds with cool stuff on YouTube for the Pedal Studio series. And it also is part of my professional bass playing life. So those are those are some running costs right there. <coughs> I feel the coughing is going to start so soon. Oh, man, I've got so much to get through. I'll tell you another quick running cost on the books that um, I didn't start thinking of because I've never ordered them on this kind of scale. It's like, look at this pile of books right here. They're all rejects. Like the quality control isn't a hundred percent at all with Amazon, and some of them show up. I don't know if this will really, if you can see this on here, but can't. Oh, you totally can on the camera if you go over to YouTube and look at this. Like that, that showed up like that, and I have to eat that. That's a what did I say? Three dollars and eighty-seven cents plus shipping and tax. That's whatever that costs. That's a loss. Um, I have, there were two copies of like this came with a stain on it, like like a mark i can't sell that to you guys that would be that'd be really poor form and just little things like that what you know, I, I i really specify whether the cover is glossy or matte and then i got a box of 10 minute manuals and half of them were glossy and half of them were matte finished just like okay i mean that's not every single shipment i get but we're sitting here with one two three four five sitting here with six books that's 150 dollars uh of sales that are not happening um so build that up over time and i've only been doing this like two and a half months or, or not even just about two months sending physical copies out so that is a, definitely a running cost that will start to accrue uh issues shall we say <coughs> and then let's see there are so many things i i don't want to be like just go off on a tangent of of uh, i don't want it to be like me 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 this is all about being relatable and about hey if you're out there and you do something similar to me this is how i deal with it so i'm i'm not going to sit here and say oh yeah strings whatever basses whatever amps whatever i have to highlight that pretty seriously that i am in a position where i don't have to pay for strings i don't have to pay for amps i don't have to well I, I, if i want i can pay for basses but i i have been fortunate to be gifted some basses recently and of course most of you if you followed the channel for a while know my history with instruments by now i've made plenty of videos about it um so yeah if you are out there trying to f put a budget together and figure out what your realistic running costs are for what you do and the bass playing the actual music playing portion of your life that is going to be something to factor into um 
into into that equation should i say and that's something i had to do early on obviously you know if we wind back 20 plus years or something i didn't have any of these uh relationships with with companies and i wasn't in a position to just oh yeah give me that i'll send that over there and yeah i'll take five of those there was none of that there was like holy crap my amp just died how the fuck am i going to replace it uh before the weekend when i have some gigs that don't even pay enough to, to to buy the case that it goes in you know so don't yeah don't don't get me wrong i've absolutely been there a lot and 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 still am for for instance like I, I have to talk about the running costs of how you are listening to and or seeing this you know wherever you get podcasts or if you're watching on youtube there are all of those kind of things and like the, the the non-musical things the cameras the microphones the all that studio gear stuff which is about to hit me right where it hurts because the camera I'm filming this on hasn't been the body hasn't been updated I haven't bought a new body since 2015 so uh, back into 2015 so it's been eight and eight years and change eight and a half years um in the world of cameras that that's that's like a thousand years uh it's basically prehistoric at this point um so that's a, a running cost that's about to hit me right in the balls uh, very soon as well. Because I have some, how should I talk? No, I shouldn't reveal it. I should reveal it close to the time. But I'm, I'm traveling a little bit, like some out and back days here and there to do some super fun filming and have guests on the podcast. And as I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, yeah, I can't take this stuff out there. There are so many dead pixels on the sensor of this um old sony a7s2 it, it is it's got to go i mean it doesn't have to go but it can be it, it for my main cam it definitely has to be replaced and as soon as possible and that's something i want to do before i think it's got, got to happen in the next three weeks basically so that's something that's going to hit me where it hurts um would i love to get the newest the best the fx30 or the fx3 even yeah sure um it's not going to happen. I'm going to be realistic about it. I'm not going to go out even and get the... I, I, I want to stick with Sony because I have Sony lenses. I don't want that to be an extra expense. But I want to be sensible about that. Um, and I'm actually... This is a good time to bring that up. I'm actually, uh, I'm actually selling a base. I'm actually selling something that's here to not replace it with another base, but to use that to get use that money to get the the right upgrades i need on the camera side of things to really um help take the youtube channel up a notch and to really sort of fall into line with what it is to be a, a video producer on youtube in 2024 so um i have a five string uh mayonnaise jabber custom five uh i'll link it below in the description of the video or in the show notes if you're if you're only listening right now it'll be available through my website i think all the shipping info is there um i'm not sure about international shipments if there's if you're if you're not in the us and you're interested in the instrument um then shoot an email send an email to the website if if, if international shipping isn't available i can't remember what i put up on there off the top of my head but I'm getting rid of that. Uh, it was like it's been with me for ten years. It was part of a of an endorsement deal to make a bunch of videos uh, to promote that new Mayonnaise Jabber line. You know, back in it was 2014. It was literally just over ten years ago. I've had it a decade. Um, I never toured it. I played it. I gigged it a few times, but it was mainly a studio base for me. It's amazing. It's basically what you you hear and see Adrian Ferro play and Federico Malaman. A bunch of people play these Jabber fives, and I think that both those guys actually have signature versions of them or have had at some point. Um, anyway, even if you if you don't recognize the name, you are more than likely familiar with the instrument. So that's going out of here. Um, and it was an easier one to let go because I have enough of that style of instrument, have the jazz bass thing kind of covered. And um, especially with that new six string that I just got from Mattison, it was it felt like the right time and sort of the perfect way to like not get a crazy amount of money for it, like not try and you know screw anyone over, but actually cover some running costs of upgrading the camera gear and being able to make more 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 stuff for you guys to listen to and to see so that's yet another element of the business things come things go and i've got to say that in the past i have 
definitely just bought, 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 and rarely sold anything. And I'm really trying to get into the frame of mind of like, okay, if something's coming in, something should really be going out at the same time. As you can see behind me, just pedals alone, albeit a lot of pedals that I get for free. So that's not a great comparison. But needless to say, I have way more stuff than I could ever possibly need as a bass player. So really want to get into that more minimalist thing, first of all, to have space and not to be distracted. And then to really be in that place of like, okay, if something's coming in, if I really need something, let's get rid of something that I'm not using or perhaps has come to the end of its you know useful life for me, then it could go to a much better home. So that's a has started to become a really important part of my business model personally behind the scenes here. And I think it is, I don't think actually, I know as I've done it a few times over the past few months, I know it has helped me immensely keep track of things and to not let you know it's easy really easy i'm sure you're aware to let spending get out of control when it comes to gear that's an easy uh it's an easy glitch that can happen in the brain like right away i'm sure i'm not i'm sure i'm preaching to choir here i'm sure there's there are almost nobody that <laughs> doesn't understand that <coughs> so yeah that's that's happening and um hopefully that base will will fly out of here um this week and go to a great home, and then you will see uh, a pretty significant upgrade in picture quality over over the coming videos. Um, let's go to yet another element of running costs. Now, I'm going to show you this pedal because I'm super excited to do something on it. This is the Duophony by GFI System. Uh, I used to I used to have their stereo reverb delay pedal, which I thought was amazing. What was that thing called? Uh, GFI system duophony what was it called GFI system the specular tempest yeah that was that actually that's a fuck I'm gonna go off on a bit of a tangent here but that was one I sort of regretted getting rid of I gotta say um, now I'm really lucky that my buddy Hondo Felder at Hondo Felder Music go check him out on YouTube he does great videos featuring tons of gear he has a great video on this out uh, I'm probably gonna have to watch it about 20 times just to figure out how to switch this thing on and then you know obviously try and do something different as I uh, will purpose it for myself, but he lent me this. So I'm I'm really fortunate to have a, a group of friends around me like that and other musicians who are willing to lend stuff out. That goes for some companies also as well and some stores, which is really nice. Uh, but when that isn't the case and when there's something that I, I, I should I need, let me see, because uh, when I was going to the studio in 2022... Let's see. I go oh shit, I, and they don't put their name. Oh, this is the Saturn. Why don't they put their name on this? God damn it! I really want to. I really want to shout them out, but I've forgotten the name of the company. I needed a custom stereo. Um, what do you call it? It's like a. It's a switcher. It's an AB box, but it's stereo. Um, so I could shoot two different stereo pairs out to the board because we, we tracked everything in stereo on that one way out record uh, so that's a you know typical running cost there are pedals there are companies that just they make so few uh, units of, of what they make like the Pladask Electric like this the Fabricat for instance not a cheap little number but it was something I really really wanted I, I, part of my sound I wanted to take it to the studio you know so there are there are things on these shelves behind me that were absolutely not for free they were not sent to me to make videos on I paid full price for them some of them don't come cheap I think that was $2.99 or $3.50 some of these boxes are pretty crazy so those running costs can mount up after a while and you know I sold Sold a couple of pedals recently. Some things I've just really wasn't using at all. They were big ticket, big box items that were, you know, just sitting there. And I'm like, that's $450 right there. That one thing that I haven't used in three years is $450. I'm never going to use it again. Let's get it out here. It went to someone. Actually, I can't say who. It went to someone really well known. I was pretty shocked to meet them and uh, and drop it off to them. I'm a, I'm a massive fan of what they do, but... Need to say, it went to someone who who needed it, and it went to a great home. Like, holy shit! I hope I can talk about that one day because that was 
that was such a random morning here in LA dropping that paddle off. Was, I was like, oh shit, it's you. <laughs> <coughs> I've been a lifelong fan of this person. Anyway, there, there are moments like that. I was like, that's a, that's a $300, $400 pedal. Boom, out the door so I can get some other stuff in that I actually need. Some things, some day-to-day stuff or touring stuff or I look ahead to, um, you know, to doing the vital information stuff this year um, and, and touring with my own band. If you've, the last channel, the v- last channel, the very last video I posted on my channel was about the uh, Heloxy, Heloxy, I think it's the Heloxy Duo Mini. It's a little add-on for the HX Stomp. Uh, they were not a sponsor of the video. I just felt compelled to make it because it was an awesome it is an awesome product paid full price for it you know a friend of mine showed it to me i was like oh that that's it really need that so there are tons of little running costs like that um it's not it's not like 350 dollar pedals every week there's no way that that's not sustainable not for me anyway i'm not (laughs) i don't have it like that so um yeah those are some running costs and just looking around like the general upkeep of my studio space here and the stupid little things I have to do, you know, like a new bulb for the big light, for instance. Uh, you know, what, you know, I need two microphones. I need two SM7Bs to do a podcast interview here. I need an extra boom arm. Man, that shit adds up after a while. So here in the US, I'm not sure what that is like where you are, wherever you're listening. A lot of those are obviously deductible. They are tax deductible items. So that's one way to look at it. Um, I also have my entire setup structured uh, as a business. So I can run everything through the business and the business absorbs the expenses. I don't have to pay uh, for certain things. I also don't get to write them off on my personal taxes, but the, the business does absorb a lot of the cost and also the risk of all of those things, which is something, I don't know whether that's unique to the US. I've lived here for forever, so I only know about what's going on here. Maybe you guys have similar stuff around the world. Maybe not. I'd actually like to know about that. That would be interesting. Like if you're sitting there like, well, shit, man, in Germany, there's no way you could do that. Or like, yeah, we don't get to write off or we only get to write off a certain percentage. So there are certain things associated with music and running costs here that you only get to write off a certain percentage of things like meals and uh, clothing and stuff that are, you know, specific to being on tour. Um, But other stuff, you know, pedals like literal gear that you need for your thing for what you do that's all like a hundred percent write-off so it'd be interesting to see what that is like in other parts of the world um in some other parts of the world i know you pay zero percent income tax so some people have it way uh i don't know if they have it better but they have it cheaper for that uh of that i i'm i'm uh i'm sure i'm well aware um yeah there are so many little things oh and Going back to like the the cottage industry home thing as well, like it's all very well the books that go out in these little bubble mailers that are sixty six cents. But when I ship a a poster to someone, for instance, in one is in one of these gargantuan things. I think these are like two fifty a pop, and then the CD mailers for the you know for those for that batch of Union CDs that I found, I think those were closer to eighty cents. So it's kind of incredible the the arc of, of cost when it comes to shipping. That's something I'm getting into way more obviously these days as it as it's a as it's a daily uh, a daily thing. And I want to hear from you guys. I get these questions all the time via you know random emails to my site or comments on YouTube. The YouTube comments are really the place to have it because if I can answer in a quick you know couple of paragraphs, although that's not really quick for a YouTube comment that's really kind of boomerish of me but if i can answer there and a lot of people can see it that's great or like this comment about yeah hey what's up with the shipping costs on your books that really sparked a thing of like oh let's let's do an episode of the podcast about that that is something that you know if you ever had questions about it now hopefully they've been answered and if you are someone out there thinking about doing this stuff yourself um and what it takes the infrastructure like i said the running costs the fixed costs um like all of those different things man um hopefully i can be a source of information and uh, it's always tough to make like the dedicated video you see all those like this is how much it costs me to run my bit like and it's like (coughs) i've tried to do it before i not that successfully i don't think um 
I think I just don't have the time to dedicate to a video that's like 12 or 15 minutes long that doesn't contain anything directly with, uh, with music. It's not about playing. It's not about a pedal. It's not about sound. If it was just about the money, I, I think I lose interest a little bit in the production side of things. As fascinated as I am by the subject, I think I just get into it and be like, I'm the wrong person to tell this story. I think that's it. That's like the simple thing. I'm the wrong person to tell this story in great detail and cinematically and with all the visual cues that so many great filmmakers do. Like, I, I think of Casey Neistat explaining how he flies. Uh, there's one video he made. It's like, I buy coach tickets, but I fly business class every single time. And it was just about his status and airline miles and how that used to be. It's like probably 10, 12 years old, that video. But he did it in such a way that it was super compelling. And I think, oh, I'd like to do that about the financial side of the of the music industry now. I just don't think I'm the right person to do it. Maybe that's something I should collaborate with someone on. They could use me as the guinea pig, as the, all the numbers. But then they could uh, they could actually make make the film. Damn, I'm, I still have the GFI uh, uh, Specular Tempus up on the on the screen here, and I've just realized it's three hundred and forty nine dollars. Damn, crazy! And the Synesthesia is three ninety nine, and this Duophony is two ninety nine. It's a freaking blender pedal. I know it also makes like pineapple smoothies if you wanted to is there's so many things it's ridiculous it's going to take me a month just to figure it out and it's a 200 milliamp drawer i'm finding things about this that are like uh oh already oh well um yeah i was just gonna get into something that i thought oh yeah the travel thing as well um the running costs of the travel thing as a musician that's probably like eight videos on its own i think um, I've talked so much about travel and about mileage and credit card points and all that stuff on the channel before. But it is something, it's also something that constantly changes as well. Like they're constantly moving the goalposts. So I feel like it's like a, maybe I should have a schedule of one big travel video a year that I make at the, maybe at the end of the year when you hear all the changes that are happening for the following year and uh, try and get people clued into what might be best for them. I was speaking to someone the other night after a gig and they were saying they were headed out the next day and we were talking about pedal boards and checking things and he was saying like, yeah, I got to get my pedal board in a, in a carry-on. I was like, oh man, you don't, you don't check that shit? He's like, nah, you know, this airline, that airline. And he just, it was like a bunch of airlines, like different airlines and no status. On, I don't think he had status on any of them. I can't quite remember. But the bottom line was we started talking about it and he, he was I said, Well, I check all my shit. He said, Well, what you know, what if they fly you Southwest or Spirit or this, that and the other? I said, I don't do the gig. You know? Um, I just stay home. Like and that's where I'm at now. I'm forty five years old. Uh, I've been doing it thirty years. It is what it is. I'm not saying like, yeah, just 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 be a be a bitch and just don't take the gig if they won't fly you first class or something. <coughs> No, that's something I've decided that I need in order to leave the house. That's fine. That's a personal thing. And it's hurt me in terms of having to lose gigs. But that's something I'm completely at peace with. Um, it's not a problem for me to stay home if somebody's not prepared to um, fly me somewhere the right way. Um, but what we were talking about, more importantly, what we were talking about was like, and he's, this guy was significantly younger than me maybe like 20 years younger than me or something. And I said, yeah, I kind of, I made that choice at this point in my life. I actually can't remember when it was. I think probably I was maybe 31, something like that. I want to say 31, 32, 31. I don't remember exactly, but it was definitely like very early 30s, 30 or 31, something like that. Very early 30s. I was like, mm, I've, I've had 10 solid years of being on tour, flying every dumb airline on earth. I'm done sitting in the back of the bus next to the toilet for 13 hours flying from San Francisco to wherever the fuck. It just it's dumb flights that <laughs> pop into my head now and again. <coughs> and um, so I made the choice. And as I was saying to him, I was like, yeah, and you know what? I could have made that call a little earlier you only know in hindsight and it's a big step to make as well when you make any sort of uh I, I i don't like to think of it as a demand i just like to think of it as a boundary it's not something i'm aggressive about it's just like hey these are my boundaries this is what um 
that if you want to hire me, this is what it takes, and I'm fine, like totally cool either way. I'm I'm not a dick about it. Um, so it's not an aggressive thing. It's not a demand. It, it's just a boundary that helps me maintain some sort of uh, self worth and some sort of peace um, with the way with the way I go out in the world and play music. So the upshot of the conversation was, I was like, man, I, maybe you're not ready yet, but the next time you think about it and you think you're not ready, think a little harder and think about like, okay, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah, all right, I might lose 20% of my gigs for the next year or so. But then you set this precedent of like, oh, that's the, wow, that's the the keyboard player or the bass player or the drummer. That's, that, that's the cat who's really serious about this shit. You know, like that, that's essentially what the perception of, uh, from other people will be and if it's not those are the people you don't want to be working with um, it's the people that understand what it is to ask for that um, that will respect that and make it happen and those are the people you want to be hanging out with in my experience anyway those are the people you want to be working with I learned it from Peter Erskine um, and I remember yeah, so actually, I remember when I met him was 2007, and we shared a, we played at the same festival, the same drum festival in, I want to say, Montreal, and we ended up sharing a cab to the airport and started to talk about travel, and I was still living in New York, I wasn't going that far, but Pete's lived in, in LA for, I don't know, 30 years maybe, I, actually, I don't know how long, it's a long time, he was definitely going back home to LA, uh, when he said he was going home, he was going to L.A. And uh, he said, uh, we started talking about travel. And he's like, for some reason, the class of travel came up. And not in a douchey way at all. It was just like, who you flying with? Oh, I'd like to fly with United. Oh, yeah, me too. And it might have been that, actually. I think maybe we like we were randomly flying the same airline or something. And he maybe had status or I was working on status and... I think that was it. I was working on status because I was already aware that I could get free upgrades if my status got high enough. And we were talking, that's what it was. And we were talking about that. And he was like, well, yeah, I don't need to worry about the status. I just ask for the full for the full thing right away. Like he doesn't have to be, you know, have miles with the airline. He just goes to the, 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 the promoter or the artist and says, yeah, fly me business or fly me first. And he kind of circumnavigates all of that, uh, all of that game gaming of the system. Um, I'm still gaming the system. I love it. If uh, truth be told, um, it's a challenge. Um, <coughs> it's fun being invited information with Steve Smith and Manuel Valera because Steve is a two and a half or three million miler by now i think on united so we're all united guys and we've corrupted manuel into the same thing and he hit like the second to highest tier the first year like last year that he started doing it so you know it's it's, it's a fun game and now with the three of us all get to travel together and we send each other screen we're kind of nerds we send each other screenshots from the app like with the little wheel the progress wheel of status for the years kind of a nerdy little game um yeah, so um, I get to do that for myself. You know, that for me, I do that because I, I do so much with my own music. Um, and then, yeah, when I go out as a freelance musician, as a sideman, it's it's about getting it done right. And um, yeah, and also being prepared. I think we've gone off on such a <laughs> such a different direction, but hopefully, you're still with me. Um, I think it's. Uh, a good headspace to get yourself into just knowing what your boundaries are no matter you know no matter what you're doing like th there's that thing of like i think have i said this before may have said this before i don't remember but like w when you think about money and about saving money and being um you know being sensible with your money and not getting bankrupt or or, or or into crazy trouble or something like that, you know, you've I I've found that the the people most in tune with what works for them have like a, a couple of things in their life, like two things. And I've heard this from you know so-called experts as well. You take it or leave it. Uh, take all of that stuff you hear on the internet with a pinch of salt. But that that sort of resonated with me. There, a lot of people agree on like, yeah, pick two things in your life that you that you think you don't want to live without. It's like some people are like, oh, I like 
really good food. I like really good clothes. Okay, great. That's it. But you can't then add, oh, by the way, I like Ferraris and I like Richard Mille watches. Oh, and I've got to fly first class. You're like, no, two things. And for me, I think those two things are, well, one of those two things for sure is the comfortable travel thing. And that's not just, you know, first class on a plane. That's, you know, trains, doing trains the right way, the right level of hotel. When you get somewhere, you you, you want to feel as stress-free as possible. You're there to work at the end of the day. And you want to be, especially with music, I think, you know, I'm not going somewhere to just sit in a meeting for three hours and then go back to the airport and go home. I'm going somewhere to get on stage to do this intensely complex and emotional task for, you know, anywhere from one and a half to sometimes three hours a night. And that takes a lot of energy. And being in anything less than an optimal condition will really affect how you get to deliver what it is, you know, for me, whatever it is I've worked most of my life on, on, on being better at. So yeah, that's definitely one of the things. I'm not sure what my second thing is. It's not cars. It's not particularly, I'm just obviously look what I'm wearing. It's not clothes. Um, if I had to say something, if it was like a luxury item, I'm really into watches. <coughs> but it, that's also the thing. It's like a Lamborghini, you know, the watch I want might as well be a, a you know, $500,000 Lamborghini. It's so far away from uh, from where I you know, from where, from what I'm able to, would ever be able to afford. But yeah, I, I appreciate the art of horology. I really dig watches. I have since I was a little kid. So maybe my two things are the right kind of travel and, uh, and potentially having a ridiculous watch one day, something that I will probably cry when I put it on, like that level of thing, like understanding the, you know, whether that's going to be a, it's never going to be a grand complication. I'd never be able to wear it on my wrist, but whether that's maybe owning a tourbillon one day, any of the watch nerds out there will understand what the fuck I'm talking about right now, or um, split-second chrono, or a minute repeater. Talk about time and sound. That's all I talk about all the time with music. So yeah, there's maybe those two are the things, and, and actually, because one is so unobtainable, maybe I only have to deal with one in my life. That That would be a as minimalist as I could get um, with what I need. So yeah, with that, let's let's knock it on the head right there and dive into the comments and let me have it. <laughs> no, seriously, leave some comments. Let's, uh, let, let's have the discussion. Obviously, um, I have no problem talking about any of this stuff. Uh, I'd like to be very transparent about it. And I'm sure I've missed a thousand things in today's episode. It was really right off the top of the head. No research or preparation at all. Uh, just literally taking a quick snapshot of what goes on every day in my in my in, in my several small uh, small businesses that make up what I do as a musician. So if there's anything I missed or anything you're curious about, I'd be more than happy to talk about it in the comments or on a future episode of the podcast. Don't forget, you may well still find a couple of these on the shelf. Bass Players Guide to Pentatonics. I know we have some 251s and we have some altered. Uh, I'm lo looking at the shelves over here. We're kind of out of a lot of stuff. I think iconic lines are coming back in at the end of the week. I don't know. It's all up there. You guys are, you guys know where it's at. Yannickwistala.com. It's all linked in the description below. Um, that's it. Love you guys. Appreciate you sticking around. See you on the next one.